Before we begin this episode of the Angry Christian Podcast, we'd like to let the listeners know that we are aware there are some sound issues and we are working to resolve them. Clench your fist and punch the air one time. It's time to beat it up. Clench your fist and punch the air one time. It's time to beat it up. Clench those fists and punch the air two times. It's time to beat it up. Clench those fists and punch the air two times. It's time to beat it up. Hey guys, welcome back to the Angry Christian Podcast. We are actually really excited about tonight for multiple reasons, not just because we get to talk about Kanye, Yeezy, but because we actually have five hosts of this podcast, and all five happen to be here for one episode. It's going to be epic, and we're so glad you get to join us. Yay! There's going to be clapping. <laughs> yeah, oh, no. Oh, no! Anyway, we are rejoicing. There was lots of rejoice. I was waiting uh, to see the applause sign, and I didn't see Oh, it's hard to see that through the internet. I'm sorry. Um, but anyway, got all the guys here. Jonathan's here. Jonathan? Hey. We got Michael. Yo. We got Brian. What's up, guys? We got Robert. What up? And of course, me, which is probably the only reason you're here. So, um, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> Robert's giving me the stink eye. He's like, what? what? <laughs> uh, I, tell, I tell you what kind of face I'm making right now. <laughs> We're not going to mention that in any more podcasts. No. And magically, was there was angry. four. <laughs> At the end of this podcast, there was only four hosts left of the show. <laughs> um, but anyway, we're excited about tonight. Um, we just got lots of stuff to cover. Before we do, let me just remind you, there is a website, eagerfortruth.com. You can go there. You can keep up with our blogs. We write lots of articles that are wonderful and mind tickling um if you're into that kind of thing plus that's where we host our podcast so you can find all of our past episodes you can also find links out to other podcast applications like apple podcasts and google play if you don't like to listen to <coughs> the web browser oh i can't cut that out um i'm just kidding um it's okay i forgive you he, he's been around a campfire so he's got smoke in the lungs um but anyway, we also have a merch store at teespring.com if you're interested in getting a t-shirt, hoodie, coffee mug, all those things. Apparently, there's been some requests from Brian's wife for different colors, so we will work on that. Um, he never did tell me what color does she want. And I will as soon as I can. Oh, okay. <laughs> Fuchsia. She's pregnant, so she's sick and tired all the time. Oh, that's right. If anybody was unaware, my uh, our boy Brian here made an announcement how many weeks ago now? Oh, what was that, like six weeks ago? Six weeks ago that he and his wife are bringing into this world a small Baldwin. Yay! Oh, did you, um, did you say a small Baldwin or a small Baldwin? A yes. small Baldwin. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe both. Maybe I mean, technically, they're all small bald ones. So. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, it's probably going to come out bald. Do we know the gender yet? Or are you going to let it decide? Well, uh, <laughs> we're going to get the envelope Wednesday, but I want to make an event out of it. So nobody's going to know until I want people to know. Nice. <laughs> we did that. Um, I have a small story about that experience. We were going to do that with Avery. 
and we were going to do the where you get the icing in the middle of the cake colored. Yeah. So I took the envelope to Harris Teeter. Yeah, I'm calling you out, <laughs> Harris Teeter. Took it to Harris Teeter. I said, don't tell me what's in this envelope. I want you to put whatever gender, if it's a girl pink, if it's a boy blue, put that in the middle of the cake and then cover it with white icing and <laughs> give me the cake back. And they're like, okay, cool. I wrote it down on a piece of paper. The day before we were supposed to do this thing, I get a call. Hey, Mr. Bates, it's so-and-so from Harris Teeter. Do you want the pink icing on the outside as well? I said, first of all, you went to Harris Teeter. Yeah. (laughs) You should have sent somebody else. Should have gone to Publix. Um, They could have done you better. Yeah, they would have, I think. Anyway, I I told them, I said, well, first of all, I wasn't supposed to know that. Second of all, you completely ruined my day for tomorrow, so thank you. <laughs> and four, no, it just needs to be on the inside, and now I'm going to have to keep a secret from my wife for the next 24 hours. I appreciate that. So Was that the PG version? That was the PG so version. did you want to <laughs> outside or <laughs> I'm not following. I don't understand. Um, I meant blue. Uh, so, yeah, that was my experience. So, Brian, if that's the route you're going, don't go to Harris Teeter to do it. <sighs> Get that neutral frost. Or do what a friend of mine recently did, which was he filled up shotgun shells with different colored powder, one with blue and one with pink. And then he had another person load the shotgun with the envelope, and then they just shot it off. And then whatever cloud of smoke came out, that's what they found out. Hmm. See, I'm, I want to do something like that. I was looking at videos like that. I just had to figure out how I can get to that day without anybody spoiling it for me or Amy. Don't go to Harris too much. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm gonna do that. Don't go to Harris Teeter. Whatever you do, don't do. Don't use Tannerite because, like (laughs) last week, a woman got uh, uh, seriously injured because uh, somebody thought it would be a great idea to use Tannerite as a as a way to announce. And (laughs) uh, yeah, she got injured. Do you want the explosion? outside of the oh. cake or the inside of the cake? <laughs> I have no idea. But she was in the hospital after the announcement, so it's oh, not a good thing. No. She was having the baby. It scared the baby out, literally. The baby came early that day. Well, she wasn't the baby carrier. She was just like oh. a mother-in-law or something. It sounds oh. fishy to me being the mother-in-law, but, you know. I was going to say, some people might be okay with that. Um, <laughs> not me, of course, because I love my mother-in-law, and she's probably listening right now. I love you. <sighs> And every one of us love our mother-in-laws. Um, right, guys? Yes. Okay. Yes, we love your mother-in-law. <laughs> uh, anyway, so Good tonight... for our private episode. <laughs> I don't know if I should cut that out or not. Um, My, uh, my my mother-in-law and I razz each other all the time. So the other day, my father-in-law said he, he was going to – he was messing with my wife. And he's like – she said, what are you going to be for Halloween? He said, I was going to dress up like a witch. And I went, oh, as your, as your mom? Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, she, said, she said, it's a good thing you're not coming to Thanksgiving. Like, yeah. Which that's going to be our next episode. <laughs> that's going to be our next episode. Holidays with family. Uh, <laughs> that is the next one, isn't it? Yes, it is. Uh, All without. <laughs> yes, we're going to release it the week of Thanksgiving. Nice. It's going right. to be awesome. 
So, uh, yeah, this one, unfortunately, I initially wanted to go into the topic of politics because tomorrow is um, Election Day. So I was thinking, oh, we'll just release a week early and release it on Election Day so that everybody can be angry about politics for the day. Um, but then but then John MacArthur had to go and open up mouth. <laughs> and then Kanye had to go and release an album that was completely different than anything he's ever put out in his entire career. And those were the only two events that occurred all week. Well, for Christians, (laughs) yes. (laughs) So uh, that is what we're going to talk about. Not, I mean, those two events occurred over the last couple of weeks and they kind of inspired this podcast episode. However, they are hopefully not what we're going to dwell on the whole time, but it's going to give us the, the, uh, the, you know, the jumping point for us to have the discussion. So for those who may not have been aware or have lived under a rock for a month now or have been out of the country or have been hiking the Himalayas, um, a few weeks ago at a conference, um, I can't remember the name of the conference, all of a sudden drawing a blank. What was it called? Hold on. I can pull it up. I have it in front of me. The truth, I think it's truth, truth matters. matters. Yep, truth matters conference. There we go. The truth matters conference. Um, and in this particular conference, it was all pastors, and they were being interviewed on stage by a guy named uh, his last name's Friel. What's his first Todd name? Friel. Todd. Todd Friel. There we go. Who has another podcast, believe it or not? Um, it's called Wretched. Um, If you're ever interested in checking it out, he's actually, it's a decent podcast. I'm not going to give him too much grief. I actually appreciate his podcast for the most part. Yeah, it's good stuff. He's a good apologist too, I think. Yeah, absolutely. He's a former, uh, he's a former uh, secular comedian that was, uh, I did not know that. Had a life changing conversion and uh, really an interesting story. You should look into it. I have to look into that. That's interesting. Um, makes a little more sense now, just as far as his his personal demeanor. Um, uh-huh. But on the stage, he was going through, basically he was going to ask one word, he was going to say one word, and then ask for the pastors on stage to respond to that one word with one word. And um, you can respond with two if you want, or you can respond with one. And his word was Beth Moore. To which John MacArthur responded, go home, which erupted in the room with a bunch of guy pastors uh, in laughter as they laughed about it. And then I think John MacArthur made a few more clarifying statements. A couple of the others on the stage chimed in. Um, and then within a couple of days, that whole clip went viral amongst the American church. And... Uh, basically, sides were chosen. People began to jump on the John MacArthur bandwagon and say he's just rebuking a woman who's in violation of Scripture. Other people jumped on the Beth Moore bandwagon saying he's just a sexist pig. How dare he? Ironically, Beth Moore responded probably the most gracious when she said for people to get off John MacArthur's back about the situation, um, considering she was the initial target of the whole thing. I would say that was a pretty gracious statement. Now, she could have been doing it at safe face. I'm not here to judge motivation, but um, I, I just believe what we saw take place in that particular instance was 
the prime example of one of the biggest problems we have in the American church, which is we have a problem with disagreeing with one another about things. Would anybody agree to that? No, no, no. <laughs> Nobody agrees that we can, we can't disagree. I would say we, uh, as a whole, yeah. I mean, I think uh, we get on these pedestals that uh, we believe one thing and uh, someone else might believe the other. And that is just a dividing line uh, to the point sometimes where you don't even speak with each other. Yeah. We can't fix them if they're wrong. Do I? I would agree with you, but then we'd both be wrong. No. <laughs> There are things that go on, and I know that they're happening, like the the King James only controversy. I oh, hear that those things are happening, and I think, oh, that's just a little thing, and you yeah. know, it doesn't really matter. But then I get on YouTube and I see Steven Anderson and jumping on top of the pulpit and yelling at people about it. I'm like, wow, this is an issue. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if you didn't know, it's the only version that God or authorized. So, right, it's written in the front cover. <laughs> so. It, it, <laughs> It amazes me how far people will push these peripheral issues. Right. Agreed. And and the way I've heard it said is that we will major on the minors and we will minor on the majors. And when we reverse those things and we're not majoring on the majors and minoring on the minors, we, we create mountains out of molehills, basically. I think there's a, a perfectly legitimate place to have disagreements and discussions about things, right? I, I'm not saying that you can't have a discussion about a King James version versus the NLT or anything else. When we get to the point where our defense of the version of the Bible we use gets to the place of almost a godlike status, I think we've entered into a realm that God didn't really have in mind for us to go. And uh, that was just one example. Yeah. We could go back to one of the previous episodes, episodes when we were talking about worship styles. Yeah. People will draw hard lines over that. Oh, yeah, they do. Mm-hmm. There's a new I, uh, article about every few months about which uh, source you should find your worship music from. Didn't you post one about the one of the recent articles that was about basically how we need to get rid of projectors and go back to hymnals? I didn't post it. I think I sent it to you in a private message. Ah. Um, what's the uh, flannel graph? We'll go back to flannel graph. Oh, yeah. And puppet ministry. Heck, yeah. <laughs> Heck, yeah. I think flannel graph would be great. Yes. Or overhead I, did, I did puppet ministry, and, and my lats, man, they, they were built. <laughs> who, who, who hasn't? That's, <laughs> I did puppet ministry, and I had a lot of nightmares. Um, it's almost like working in Baskin Robbins. You got that weird arm muscle. <laughs> My scooping arm. Uh, I worked at the Charleston ice cream factory too, man. I was ripped. Right. Dude, <laughs> you did. And you hooked me up with my first date with Sherry. It's got that one quad photo yeah. arm. That's like, right. <laughs> I hooked me up with my first date with Sherry because he was working at an ice cream place in Mount Pleasant. And I That's was right. like, I need to take Sherry out somewhere nice. And Michael's like, why don't you bring her down here? And I was like, okay. And he's like, if you come at the end of the shift, I'll hook you up with some free ice cream. So I was like, I got what one cherry. He's like, hey, I got some free ice cream. I got the hookup for ice cream, baby. (laughs) 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 I will not spend any money on it. You know, (laughs) I'm not saying you're cheap. I'm saying I'm cheap. (laughs) It's the way to establish standards at the beginning of the relationship. It is true. 
here's the standard, sweetheart. If I'm going to find a cheap way to take you out, I'm going to. So don't be ordering the lobster biscuit. Oh. <laughs> so the next week they went to McDonald's Just and she was right. like, oh, big spender. <laughs> big bubble. Um, yeah. So anyway, the whole inst- instance with Beth Moore, you know, I think we could probably sit here and I would dare say even amongst the five of us, we have varying perspectives on women in ministry. Um, yeah, and and I don't know that we necessarily want to go down the route of debating whether or not women should be pastors or elders or teachers or deacons or anything else. Why not? You scared? I'm not scared. I mean, if you want to go, we can take the gloves <laughs> off. <laughs> and that can be a whole episode in and of itself. Sure. What, women in ministry? Yeah, I oh, think so. Yeah. I think you're right. We could probably tick off a lot of people, including one another. <laughs> too far from that line (laughs) it it is a fine line and it's a struggle because what I saw what stood out most to me was not even so much what he said or what he was you know trying supposedly to rebuke or stand out against it was how he said it how a group of pastors responded to that and and how I saw Dude, I saw so many articles, so many um, t- social media posts that suddenly came out calling her a heretic and and saying, you know, she belongs with Benny Hinn and Joel Osteen. And uh, that's way too far, right? And like, it's like, really, is that necessary? There are things that she teaches that I disagree with, but I wouldn't call her a heretic, right? My first question would be to anyone who judges anyone else, like, what are you doing for the kingdom, first of all? Like, why are you calling someone else out? Is it because you are that far ahead of them in ministry or 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 what is it like? And and how do we how do we judge ourselves and say, I know this much about the Bible and I have the right to uh, go at somebody Mm -hmm. for anything in, in Reading the Bible, I've found like anytime I feel like I know God, he just changes that up real quick and <laughs> just surprises me with something else. And I'm like, wow. Yeah. No, I agree. That's a good question to ask. Um, and I think a lot of people were responding strictly out of, of a reactionary thing, right? But what I saw was coming out of a lot of people, pastors, the church leaders. It's like, whoa, whoa. Like, you're not even... Like just stepping back and going, is it okay that I'm even okay with this? <laughs> right. You know, I, I had a, uh, I spoke with you earlier, Brad. Yeah. Um, but I had this like picture in my head of this elite circle that we've created as Christians and pastors and, and ministers and whatever else you want to call yourself. But um, we've, we've created this elite circle where everybody's, it's almost like a prayer circle. Everybody's faced inwards mm. uh, holding hands and, we're we're focused on ourselves and, and to get into that group uh is is a hard thing to do. And what we really should be doing is being faced outward to the people we need to be ministering to instead of tearing everybody down. Right. Tearing everybody up together, like tearing one another. We we up. should be in instead of creating this elitist <clears throat> group or circle of people that you can't touch. Yeah. Well, and I don't know what the how you know uh accurate it is but in the descriptions of 
the armor of God. There's I, when I was growing up, you know, they they said there was no protection for the back because the Christian is never supposed to face away from the attacks of the enemy. We're always supposed to be going forward, which means we're always supposed to be going forward into what is our mission field, which is the world as a whole. So, you know, back to what you were saying, we shouldn't be huddled. We should be creating that phalanx going forward. When you're, when you're focused on your mission, it's hard to be focused on the people beside you as far as like, if you're not focusing on attacking the people beside you, you know, you can focus better on your mission. That's better. I think that's a better way to say it. I think we forget. Well, well and, and two, I want to know what, what it is that, that people that get into this mindset think they're actually protecting. Because that that's a, something I don't comprehend is, what do you think that the church is that you have to protect it like it's a secret society that warrants some sort of disinformation campaign? I think we're not, we're not on Kanye yet, but the... the <laughs> The the fact that he has lived his life all out uh, in front of everybody um, in sin and now attempting to come out of that and, and becoming a Christian, he's lived both of those in front of an entire world. Um, so everybody has seen him in his good and his bad. Mm-hmm. And what I think sometimes is, is as pastors, we we only show everybody and not we're not transparent we only show uh the good side and the the we put up this front of who we want everybody to think we are and when in actuality we struggle with the same things and and for the most part if we were being honest with ourselves we have lived that other part of our life in secret mm-hmm. and so i used to work for the government and when I would go in and do things maybe a little better than the rest of everyone else, uh, it would make the others angry because, hey, you're doing more than we are. You're making us look bad. Yeah. And so now he's coming out, and, and as far as I can tell, he's had a radical transformation, or at least to the point where he's uh, <clears throat> he's he's put his career on the line to say something about God where yeah. it can be trashed completely and he'd have to give that career up mm-hmm. uh, essentially but um am i am i going down the right direction yeah. here like do you think yeah no i think so and i think that is part of the issue because i think you know, we can even bring it back to John MacArthur and Beth Moore right they're people who are notable people who are public figures and so when anybody speaks against one or the other there's this defensive posture that suddenly happens because they they're like, How, you can't go after Beth Moore, <laughs> right? Don't touch my golden calf. That's right. Don't don't touch. Don't it touch. also makes the church as a whole the the church the yeah. capital C like it that creates division and it looks it does terrible. Like do do I want right now looking at the church? Mm-hmm. Do I want that as a non-believer? Yeah. Do I want that? No. And. I mean, quite honestly, some of the garbage that I've seen, no, I don't, I don't want, I want to hang around people that I want to be like, yeah. or I want to act like, or I want to strive to be. I don't want to hang around folks that are going to bring me down and turn me into something I'm not. So you guys, you're lucky. Robert wants to be around you. I do. But from a distance, over the internet. <laughs> <laughs> this is a long distance relationship. Um, 
Well, something that happens in those situations that I think is is a major issue as individuals is that uh, the reason, the primary reason that certain folks got offended quickly, like right out of the gate, was because they they kind of uh, put their uh, stake in those individuals. So, so if you did a Beth Moore Bible study and somebody attacks Beth Moore, well, you're like, oh, no, no, I learned from her. So there is no possible way that that could be right. You know, I've got to, I've got to stand up for this because otherwise I've been learning wrong. And the same with, uh, with MacArthur. And most of the guys that I saw defending MacArthur were guys that, uh, that, that studied MacArthur's, you know, teachings and, and really, and here's the thing. I'm a big MacArthur fan. I, I love his his teaching style. Uh, He's very insightful in his teaching. Do I think he's inerrant? Absolutely not. And I think in this case, he was errant. Uh, And, and I need to go back and set the situation too a little bit more because it didn't exactly happen as cut and dry as it sounds. Right. Uh, If you play the clip, and you go back. Actually, uh, hey, let's play the clip. Go ahead, Jonathan. Play that clip right now. For your stretches, I will say a word, and then the three of you need to give a one or a pithy response to the word. Are you I feel ready? like I'm being set up. <laughs> that is always the case with Todd. Watch out for him. <laughs> he will try to embarrass you. We're going to start out. This is this is just kind of touching your toes. Easy, easy setup for you. Let's begin with an easy one. The word is Beth Moore. That's two words. <laughs> Literalist. All right. Dr. MacArthur, Beth Moore. How many words do I get? You know, actually, and, and before you answer this, please think carefully this time, because last time you did a one-word association, yeah, the guy wrote a book a about trouble, it, and we don't want that. I was thinking of the same word. Okay. Go home. Well, I I see we're warmed up. (laughs) I dilly-dally. There's no case that can be made biblically for a woman preacher. Period. Paragraph. End of discussion. (laughs) So, let me see if I can get a clarification on that. Got one. Phil, anything to add? Very nice. All right, so in the clip, uh, you, you hear Frill uh, kind of goading with the, all right, one word, one, uh, one word answer, yeah. and he says Beth Moore. Well, MacArthur does not immediately answer. He kind right. of hems and haws a second, and then he gets goaded a little bit more, and then he responds. That's I think true. that was poor. I, I think that was a poor decision on his part. Uh, I wonder if that was something that they had previously talked about, maybe off, uh, off tape. I'm wondering too. I'm wondering if it was that, or if it was a sort of an impromptu uh, cue card thing. You know, maybe, maybe, <laughs> someone, maybe someone trying to get. I mean, you know, if you speak before like the recording, maybe, maybe they were trying to get that out of him because he had already said it or right. hinted around. Well, uh, and like I say, Frill comes from a background in stand-up comedy, so he he's he's for that witty, pithy, you know, uh, moment. So, you know, in his mind, he, it probably wasn't a huge deal, and then it blew up into something that was because it it just shouldn't have been asked in the first place. 
Well, uh, right. also let's let's say something about people getting uh, uptight about any and everything these days and getting offended um, with with this situation um, and going back to previous situations in my life. I had to. I realized that uh, when I when I got hurt, and I'm not going to go in the whole situation. When I got, we'll say it like that. When I got hurt, um, I realized that I was following a man and not necessarily following God. Right. Um, so when that particular person hurt me, that created all kind of feels and, you know, like, so if someone is all about John MacArthur or, uh, Beth Moore, you know, whatever side, and you, don't you say something about, uh, my person or so that, that offense, like just, it creates fire right there. Yeah. And, and I saw lots of comments of people's claiming that their support of MacArthur was, was less about supporting MacArthur and more about supporting the truth. And, and, but I'm looking at it and I'm going, you know, I understand that, that the Bible clearly teaches that the scriptures are good for correction and teaching and that rebuking one another, I, AKA correcting one another when we make missteps and, and wrong statements about theology and about God, you know, those things are acceptable practices and should be done. However, while there's a mandate to rebuke one another and correct one another, I don't see a mandate that says we need to be harsh with one another, that we need to be cold with one another, and that we need to be, as you stated, Michael, pithy, you know, with our statements about one another, because I don't see that benefiting anybody. Well, the Bible says absolutely not. Love. Yeah. Exactly. Don't do that. Right. I, I don't do it all the time, but. And, and it comes down to wisdom. Um, don't get me wrong. I think I, well, I think John MacArthur is a wise man. Now, the thing is that wisdom is not something that just because you have it is going to come out of it, because we can all agree Solomon in his wisdom shouldn't have married a thousand wives. <laughs> as, as scripture clearly stated that any king of Israel was supposed to be married to one wife. Right. Though he had the wisdom, he didn't always use it. Um, and and so you also uh, said he was a wise man, so he was also <laughs> exactly. A Exactly. And that's what that's what I, that's the thing with MacArthur. I think he's why I still think he's a wise man in general. Right. But but this was a very unwise moment on on his part. And, and it really bothers me, though. The thing about that that really bothers me. And, and I look at Solomon, too. Same thing. Solomon knew he was in the wrong many times. And you can see it in his writings. He knows he's wrong. He knows he's taken the wrong way. So when he's writing, especially in Proverbs, he's addressing some things that are going on in his own world. Uh, but MacArthur has yet to say, hey, look, you know, I could have gone about this a little bit of a better way. Shouldn't have done this. Right. Um, and I was waiting for that. I, I, I was actually hoping for that, you know. And like yeah. you said earlier, Beth Moore came out and said, um, you know, back off of John MacArthur. I, she, in my, in my opinion, has taken the more wise path because she has followed more of what a uh, what the scripture tells us to do in situations of conflict. Yeah, agreed. agreed. Also, with these situations, even, no matter what side you're on or what or no side or whatever, uh, we have to remember grace because I, I can't tell you how many stupid things I've said. Oh, me too. Uh, that I'm glad don't exactly. get posted. 
exactly. <laughs> over the entire world. Yeah, and, like half this episode that I have to cut out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I mean, the word just says it, where sin abounds, grace abounds more. Yeah. So exactly. instead of getting offended, be like, you know what? He said something stupid or he, she, yeah. whoever said something stupid. Let's okay. Let's address it. But then we got give grace at the same time. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, and, and instead of doing that, people double down. It's crazy. crazy. Well, I, you know, well, you remember you and I, when we had some conversations with some people uh, saying that Beth Moore said that she's a pastor and, and there were so many things said that I said, okay, just, just one piece of evidence. Just give me one piece of evidence. Right. Well, I, I know it. I know it. Blah, blah. No, no. I just want one piece of evidence. Give me. And so I went and looked for the evidence. And right. guess what I didn't find? The right. evidence. <laughs> right. There were things. There were stupid things. But like, like, uh, like you just mentioned, I, we've all said some things that were like, uh, maybe I should have worded that a little different. Maybe I should have come at that from a different direction. Yeah, that kind of thing. But it wasn't anything that that took away from the gospel, and it wasn't anything that uh, that destroyed any kind of theology. It was right. it was uh, just hearsay. <laughs> yeah, well, that, she oh. appeals to emotionalism, and that's what turns a lot of people oh, yeah. off. That's one of the things that oh. turns me off to her too. Well, especially MacArthur. from a Calvinistic expe- uh, perspective, which many MacArthur followers come from, there's that uh, that uh, emotion is a uh, uh, what do you call it? A stumbling block, I suppose. Yes. Yeah, there's a there's a there's a particular, and it's a lot of Calvinists, and I'm only going to say that. Try to jumble them all together because I know our buddy Brian here oh, yeah. is, is is a Calvinist. Um, well, there's uh, tons of different ways. I'm just to kidding. Look at it. Yeah, I mean, um, like a comic strip or something, right? Yeah, it's yeah, a Calvinist. Calvinist and Hobbes. Calvinist and Hobbes. Yeah. Haha, boy, what's your I don't have a black dome Calvinism. I'm not one of those guys that's just going to beat you over the head with it. Got my Calvinist nunchucks. Well, good, because that's not prescribed. So. Well, we all know that. The... Pretty cool that he's got a tiger, though. <laughs> you know, the Calvinist preferred. Uh, martial arts weapon is the ESV. So, <laughs> uh, as I'm sitting here with an ESV in front of me right now. <laughs> hey, me too. <laughs> me three. Um, Excuse me. Yeah, it's it really is unfortunate that it it, it transpired at all. But I think as unfortunate as it was. If we can, as a church, utilize that moment to bring a spotlight to an area of weakness that we have as a church as a whole, you know, we can take it as a moment to learn and to grow. It's not a it's not a simply MacArthur Moore thing. I mean, we're this is a systematic of a problem in the local church bodies. This is where where Sister uh, uh, Bertha has an issue with Brother Terry, and and then the Dorcas class, uh, whatever the men's class is called, you know they they turn into a, a, a fight behind the scenes that splits the church apart. I mean that that happens all the time in churches. Yeah, yeah. And so this usually- is not simply a MacArthur Moore thing. This is a problem for us as a whole. Exactly. Because it starts in certain things like this. I mean, 
whole denominations were started over ridiculous arguments. Or how about this one? And I don't mean this to call it out. There's the Southern Baptist Convention was initially a part of just the Baptist church in America. During the Civil War, when slavery was beginning to be addressed, the Southern Baptist Church broke away from the Baptist Convention because they, as a group, wanted to retain slaves. They wanted to keep slavery. And the rest of the denomination was going away from slavery and supporting abolition. Now, we could argue that's a major issue, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. I'd say so. Yeah, slavery, racism, the mistreatment of human beings. I thought it was over, like, blue or purple carpet. No, but they started <laughs> – it might have been over that at first, and then it moved to slavery. Um, but they broke away from one another, and it wasn't until, like, the 70s or 80s that the Southern Baptist Convention finally apologized for that. Wow. Um, it might not have even been – that long ago, to be honest, I'll have to look. But and I'm not saying that to dog the Southern Baptist Convention, but like you see where these disagreements drive people to create whole new denominations around an, one particular ideal, right? The Southern Baptist Convention was developed around the ideal that black people were property. <laughs> but you know that right there, what what you're saying, if if you really just look at it. Um, that is exactly what Satan does. He gets he he gets a little foothold hook or foothold into something, and wiggles uh, his way in, and basically, and all of a sudden you got a church split over something stupid. Yeah. Or in, in this case, the entire church as a whole, we're so divided, and that's exactly what he wants. We can't really do anything. We can't speak to anybody sometimes because. We are so divided. And I actually had somebody tell me that the church isn't as divided, isn't any more divided now than it was back then. And I would say that may or may not be true. Oh, but I think, I think it is true. I mean, you go back, you can go back even further than that to to Paul's writings when he's talking about uh, church division and, and yeah. uh, keeping. And then you move on to, uh, you know, jump to John Wesley and, and uh, or Martin Luther, you know, jump yeah. to those guys and. I mean, I yeah, it's it's a consistent thing throughout church history. Agreed. But I think what we have now that kind of makes things worse or more difficult for the church is that with the advent of technology and uh, social media, all of this stuff is getting published out there for everyone to see. Makes it quicker, too. And that's not to say that yeah. we should be hiding things, but like back in the old days before technology, you had newspapers and you had telegrams, right? And it was yeah, like you had, you had people that studied. You didn't have boneheads starting their own podcasts <laughs> and stuff like that. It's just like, oh, oh, wait, sorry. <laughs> you just hear that? Speak for yourself. <laughs> I need you to send a wire to California. This is not John MacArthur said, go home. This <laughs> is. This is nothing new. The lie is always the same. Or I know it's not Christmas yet. If you were like good old Saint Nick, you would just punch the guy that you disagreed with. Say <laughs> hey, that again. I'm a toy. I don't, I don't think they heard you. Just... Oh, all I said was like the lie has always been the same, and Satan has done the same thing he's always done over and over and over again. Yeah, he's always deceived, and he's always made uh, division. Yeah, but... so nothing. Nothing is new. 
about what's happening now. Yeah, exactly. But take uh, take your example, Brad, of the Southern Baptist Church. Yeah. Uh, Southern Baptist Convention. You you go from something that was horrible. It was a horrible way to go about things. In God's grace and in God's goodness, He used something horrible to create an organization that sends. It's the second largest missions group and and provider of uh, disaster relief in the world next to the Catholic Church. And I mean, produce Beth Moore and Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's just that in itself tells us that through this situation, now it didn't come without pain. There, right. were, there were great pains and there were great men that stood up and said, this is crap. This is not the way it's supposed to be. And we're not going to allow it to stand this way. Right. And so in this situation, like we have with MacArthur and Moore, it's, it's small potatoes compared to an argument over slavery, but it's also yeah. an opportunity to stand up and say, you know, we're not going to put up with the divisive voices of nonsense. We're going to stand on, on grace and reason. Which is funny. Cause I actually had somebody come back at me about, I was addressing all this stuff and I was told Basically, that it's a pipe dream to think that the church could be in unity with one another. Oh, it's funny because in Revelation it seems like that happens. Could be wrong. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I and I just want to say to that, okay, pipe dream. It's still what the Bible commands us to do. And a pipe dream. That's what's going to happen. The rivers going to exactly. flow up to the mountain. All yeah, the nations right. are going to come. Yep. That's right. Beth Moore, John MacArthur, we're all going to be there. Right, yep. we're going to hold hands. Sing Kumbaya. Kumbaya. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be look singing it, the heavy metal version, and Beth Moore will be singing the hymn. <laughs> I was going to look at the service out here oh. in, um, in Chicken Town. But uh, the information, like being able to be spread extremely fast. Yeah. And so I think we're kind of, kind of, we don't need to get into. Now we're going to start talking eschatology. Mill. <laughs> He's a dapotologist. Dap post mail hashtag. Dap post. I had to get that in. You did. I that. We'll, we'll make sure that we include that as one of the tags on the yeah. podcast. Uh, you know, this kind of transitions me a little bit, though, into the whole Kanye thing because here's so okay. The first set was people getting up at arms over a comment that was probably off color and unnecessary, right? Right. The second event that took place was Kanye West releases a gospel album titled Jesus, Jesus is King. Is King. Mm. And I listened to it. And I say it like that because I don't like rap. So I listened to it because I was like, I'm curious because I know the type of music Kanye put out. If, even though I didn't listen to it, I know what kind of music it was like. And I was like, I'm curious to see what he brings out. And I listened to it (laughs) from second of the first song to the last second of the last song with my jaw on the desk. Cause I was like, homeboy just preached. I just picture you riding to work like the dude in office space. Like you see me rolling cranked up. And then the guy comes (laughs) up and he rolls the window up real fast. (laughs) (laughs) No, I was actually at my desk at, at my office it was kind of funny because my boss comes in. He's like, what you doing? I said, I'm listening to the new Kanye album. And, he was, <laughs> and then he was like, oh, yeah, he got saved. And I was like, yeah. So my boss and I actually had like a two-hour long conversation about Kanye. So it's like, um, okay for you to listen to it. Yeah, totally. It's totally cool to listen to rap at work when it's 
Christian Kanye. All through um, the church. Now the youth can bring Kanye CDs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, kids, you can bring Kanye. CD check. Let me see. Oh, Kanye, he's fine. He's no. cool. Ruth wasn't a gold digger. <laughs> <laughs> Snap. Actually, do that. I I think he has actually gone back and, and reworked some of his songs a little bit. Um, yeah, he has. I sure hope so. <laughs> he well, said that uh, some of the songs won't be performed at all anymore, and some of them are going to be reworked to fit his faith now. <laughs> right. Now, what's good? What, what was fascinating about that entire thing was outside of the fact that we're talking about a notorious rapper who was known for literally calling himself Jesus effectively Jesus but he he put himself on the pedestal as a god he going flat out said that he was a god yeah in fact one of the interviews yeah in one of the interviews he said you know I placed myself on the pedestal as god I looked to myself as god because when reality culture and money and all these things that was his god and but what we saw was was something that just was so radically different from who he used to be and what should have been celebrated by Christianity in America and around the world by so many people was was met with skepticism, was met with – I actually saw a guy say that until Kanye gets rid of all of his material wealth – I saw that and, same one. Yeah. That, that, uh-huh. was, that was pretty. I was like, yeah, I'm sure you've gotten rid of everything too. Right. Oh, yeah. I look, looked at the dude's house. He lives in a big house, nice suits and all this, and he's telling other people to give up their wealth. I was like, yeah, yeah. Seen yeah. that before. Yeah. And, the, and that, that standard is not biblical. No, no not at all. No. So, there are righteous rich and righteous poor. That's exactly. exactly right. they, they take the rich young ruler, and that's the only basis they base that off. Yes. yes. Agreed. Because. I mean, think about this. Like you go to Zacchaeus. Jesus didn't even once tell him to do anything with his money. He hung out with Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was so overwhelmed that he he volunteered. He said, I'm going to repay all that I have taken. And more. And more. Sevenfold, wasn't it? I think so. I believe so. But I mean, think about that. He was not put under compulsion to do it. And he wasn't told that if you do this, then, then we will accept you as a Christian. He did it because... He was so overwhelmed by the presence of Jesus and the Holy Spirit that came over him, I think, in that moment, that he just, he responded to that. And that's what we're seeing out of Kanye. I've seen him on Jimmy Kimmel. I've seen him on, uh, what's his name, Uh, the British guy um, who did the airplane ride with him. Um, Uh, 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 Yeah, what's his name? Piers or something? Corden, Corden, uh, James Corden. Um, Yeah, him. And then... I just recently saw there's a church um, in Louisiana, Bethany. In Baton Rouge. In Baton Rouge, who just, I actually am somewhat connected to that church through various um, avenues. Um, We've been there. We've been there. I actually know a lot of the people, and I know the dad, I know the guy that founded that church. Um, I I got to sit by Jonathan Stock. That's right. He got to sit by Jonathan Stock, who's the pastor now. But anyway, they actually had Kanye come in, and I saw a post from Jonathan Stock still who said this. He said, one, we didn't pay for this. Kanye did. He said, two, Kanye sang or rapped for 20 minutes out of a two-hour event. 20 minutes. He said he did 20 minutes, and then he stepped off. 
And then they had an altar call. Oh, somebody preached. I think it was Jonathan Stock still. They preached the gospel and a thousand people got saved at a Kanye thing. Wow. That was just last Friday, the day after Halloween. Yeah. You know, and I'm looking at this and there's these Christians who are calling into question his, his salvation. I actually saw another with this conspiracy theory stuff saying he's just a, um, a Mason and all these other things. And he's just fooling you. And I'll, like, he started like drawing on his album cover, trying to show you the Masonic symbols. And, oh, Lord. and I'm like, holy cow. He's a lizard man. But when you if you watch the if you watch the interviews with the guy, there's 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 clearly moments where you're like, oh yeah, that's kind of the old Kanye in moments. But like 99 percent of the time, there's just something different about the guy, and it's not a show. I don't think. I, I don't. So what do we expect though? I mean, like right. when I came to Christ, I didn't lay down everything immediately. Well, I don't know why not, and I don't know why you weren't a theologian immediately. <laughs> Not all of us can uh, be the uh, be as awesome base, as me. Yeah. But so, oh, what are we expecting? Right. Like, Agreed. He, he's he's got his salvation to work out, and you got to let him do that. His own words in the interview with the Apple Podcast guy that two, I think it's like a two hour long interview. He says, "I'm not a theologian. I'm a brand new convert." And he even goes on to admit that he's probably saying things that are wrong, but he's still learning. See, that in itself is what impresses me because instead of, I mean, he's gone from being this loudmouthed, I know everything, to, to admitting, look, I, I don't, and I'm figuring it out. And I, I do know that there are certain things that are unequivocally wrong based on the fact that they defy God's, God's law, uh, such as abortion. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, those are the things, and he's not preaching. That's another thing that I, that I, really um i say preaching he's not pastoring um that's another thing that i i look at and say well, there's more to this than than meets the eye what yeah. baffles me is there were two things that actually happened one was uh the christians started to quickly defend christians saying i haven't seen anybody say this is what i noticed i haven't seen anybody say anything negative about kanye yeah, and then shortly thereafter, everybody was saying negative things about Kanye. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, uh, okay, hey, well, what's crazy though <laughs> is those same people that uh, that that go at him and and think that he hasn't changed or whatever you want to say. Um, read the writings of Paul. Yeah, that's exactly right. Right, right. Um, have any of you seen the Sunday service been putting like, on? Like the actual yeah. concert? Yeah. 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 So um, when he performs hands, well, hands on as part of it, oh, at, yeah. at the end of it, he talks about that. It's like, um, I'm figuring this out. Pray for me. We all learn at different rates. I don't need your judgment. I need you to pray for me. And yeah. he says that over and over again. Yeah. When have you heard of Kanye West being a humble like that? He doesn't know. He needs help. He's at the feet of Christ. And the pastor that, that, uh, that helped him come to that faith, uh, I can't remember his name. Brad, you posted that video the other day. His name's name? Adam. Um, I can't remember the last name, but Adam. I pastor. can't either. But anyway, he talks about that. He talks about how he was just hungry, hungry to, yeah. to, to hear and, and to know. 
And and that's that hunger that comes from the Holy Spirit, you know, uh, opening up a person's heart. Yeah. Yeah, in, in another video, he's, he talks about, and I don't remember this guy's name, but he says one of his influ- influences is an expository preacher. Like, somebody that's not serious about this doesn't even know what that is. Exactly. The term expository, much less. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's I can't even spell that. <laughs> even someone who's heard what that means like five times can't remember what it means. It's, it's a medicine. It's a medicine that you put not in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I, I think there are some suppository preachers, I'm afraid. <laughs> Talking about the suppository preachers. That's my favorite kind of preacher. Now, now I'm dogging preachers. we got to get off this. <laughs> I think we should start a new uh, preaching class in college called suppository preaching. <laughs> well, you got topical, expository, and... Suppository. What? Go home. No. to uh, to uh, juxtapose something here with the Kanye story because uh, Kanye is being attacked essentially for being used he used to be bad he used to be in sin and now he's saved coming in into a relationship with Christ uh, juxtapose that with Sam Kennison uh, is it and if you don't know who Sam Kennison is, he was a terrible uh, comedian uh, back in the late eighties, oh, early nineties. Yeah, yeah. um, who, who used to be a pastor? He used right? to be a pastor. That's right. He was a pastor until he divorced his wife, left the faith, and became uh, just a I hate everything about Christianity uh, comedian. Yeah, uh, he he was yeah. a regular on Married with Children. Um, but he yeah. he was. Uh, he was uh, kind of like uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? He was ostracized by the church because he ran away from the faith right. instead of people praying for him to come back to the faith. But I look at Kanye and it's like, okay, Sam Kennison leaves the faith and is ostracized. Kanye comes to the faith and is ostracized. So what kind of country club situation are we in where we get to say, hey, until you've, you've paid your dues, you're not part of the club? Right. I think there's a lot of envy in this, too. Yeah, and if you fail to pay your dues, guess what? We don't want you back in the club. And that happens at churches all the stinking time. Somebody, somebody listen, I had my day where I was not living uh, and, and I mean, it happens on a daily basis in a lot of ways, but there was a time when I was really struggling um, with my relationship with Christ. And I remember my home church, uh, it, it, pe- people tried, I'll put it that way. A lot of people tried, but it was impossible not to acknowledge their disdain and their, uh, their, upset nature with me over my sin. And, and I just did not feel welcome there anymore at all. I mean, I, 
you know, I'd, I'd get the words like, you know, uh, well, we're, we're, you know, we, we're sorry for you. And we, but ultimately it was, you know, come if you want, but if you don't, we're not going to be too worried about it. That, that's the impression that I got. And I know that that happens to a lot of folks. It, it, it feels like you're, it's darned if you do and darned if you exactly. don't. Exactly. And how crazy is that? The church, the church of Jesus Christ, we put all these stipulations. Why? Yeah. Listen, Kanye, 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 if, if Kanye happened to be listening, listening to this podcast, which, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure he totally is great things to do. Kanye, you're my brother. Plain and simple. I, I, I believe you're my brother. I'm praying for you. Listen, you're going to fall. You're going to fail at some point. Hopefully it's minor and not some major fall. But even if you do fall, guess what? You're still going to be my brother. And I'm still going to pray for you. Yeah. And I hope when that time comes that it's, again, that it's not something major that, that causes you to have a big fallout in faith. But even Paul talked about the thorn in his side. He wasn't specific about what that thorn was, but we know that he struggled with something, either mentally or spiritually, that, that really attacked him. And uh, we all do. So, so assuming that Kanye's tran- transformation is going to be something that's just permanent and he's going to be good all the time, that's mm-hmm. a load of crap. He's going to fall. We just hope we can only pray that when that time comes that, that he finds the grace necessary to stand back up in the Holy Spirit and, and, and speak truth. Yeah. I mean, he even acknowledges in that song that Brian mentioned, Hands On, that, that, he, that one of the lines says, what, what you're hearing from the Christian, and he said, they're going to be the first to judge me. Make it feel like nobody loves me. Make you feel like nobody loved me. See, that that, that yeah. right there bothers me for a couple reasons. One, when he says the Christian, he he's not identifying those that he's talking about as brothers and sisters. You know, it's it's uh, them against me. It shouldn't be that way. Yeah. And it's that way not because he's no. done anything, but because of all the crap that he's having, he's taken from people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I just saw that video of hands on right before we started recording and I felt the same way. I was so angry because I've been looking at all this negative feedback and then to see him like crying out for support that way. It's unfortunate that, you know, it's almost like, are we really trying to push him back out of the faith? Oh, yeah. People. Yeah. People want their justification for thinking that he these people that act like that they've got to vet him. Listen. This is not something new. Peter hated Paul to start with. Um, and, and it's arguable that, that Peter actually hindered Paul's, uh, Paul's mission up until he couldn't anymore. Um, so, yeah. it, you know, it's questionable. I mean, you know, God's grace is abundant in all things. So, you know, it's, it's hard to say that Paul's ministry would have been greater had Peter, you know, stepped out of the way. But there's that question, you know? And, uh, and so I look at Kanye in the same way, not that he's, I don't compare him necessarily to Paul, but it's the same dynamic. You've got these leaders that are like, well, we got to be careful, you know, because why, why do you have to be careful? It's a great story. It's a great opportunity. Uh, I, I posted the other day, what Brad, I said, uh, I said, the church says 
Lord, please give us an outlet to reach this this fallen culture, this current culture that we're in, in this climate. And then Kanye says, I'm saved. And the church still looks and goes, Lord, Lord, we're waiting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, if you think about it, um, who's to say that Kanye couldn't be a Paul? I mean, no, he's not writing scripture. Oh, yeah, but, I'm not writing that off. I'm just, I mean, not, I'm just not, you know, placing that mantle. Yeah, I, I think it's funny that we, yeah, I think it's funny that we're, we're so quick to say, well, he's not a Paul. No, I don't. Maybe I he don't, is a Paul. I just don't place mantles on anybody because that is a tall order to live up to. Sure, sure. And, you know, Paul was imperfect as well and and made some really dumb choices and broke relationships with people like his buddy Barnabas. And, uh, you know, I mean, they had their own fallouts. But my point is, is that that we have we are witnessing. I posted this earlier this week because it thought that came to my mind because I, you know, in my last church, we spent a lot of time praying for revival. And I know that a lot of churches are are sitting around praying for revival. And I think they're earnestly praying for it, right? They want it. I get it. And the question I asked was, you got all these churches and pastors praying for revival. Would they be okay if that revival never broke out in their church, but it was only happening at a Kanye exactly. concert? That's what I was getting at before when I was talking about envy. Yep. I mean, think about that. It's like, if it happens, are they going to accept that revival's happening because it's if it's not happening at their exactly. church, hey, it happens in the church too. When the church grows, I've, I've I've been guilty of it before. I've had to stop myself and stand back and go, "Whoa, dude, check yourself!" Because the church is having big growth yeah. and having big big things happening. I'm not I'm not a key figure in it, and I'm like, you know, oh, something's wrong here. No, something's wrong with me. That's what something's wrong with. Right. There's a um. I want to find it. There's a book I've got called Trail of Fire um, by Daniel K. Norris. And it's called True Stories from 10 of the Most Powerful Moves of God. And it talks about various revivals that broke out throughout the world. Um, one of them, where is it? I want to say the Cape Revival. Um, 74... Basically, I just want to—I wanted to make sure I get the name right because it was—it's a fascinating story because it's about a pastor. Um, yeah, South Africa. So during the Second Great Awakening happening in America, um, there was a pastor in South Africa who was praying for revival. So this is around eighteen uh, hundreds, late eighteen hundreds. Um. Anyway, they were praying for revival, or he was praying for revival, and basically um, it started, but it started in a little schoolhouse that was sitting in the middle of a farm. And it wasn't happening at this pastor's church who'd been praying for revival. And so in an attempt to kind of get some control over the revival, he asked everybody to move it to his church. Um, when, when he moved it to his church, the revival kept happening and people were like just breaking out in tears and this crazy things are happening and people are wailing and screaming and, 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 and just spiritual torment as they're like pouring their souls out. Right. And, and so he's like, 
He starts screaming this. Look, stop this at once. God is a God of order. Quiet yourself. <laughs> so revival is happening. I, I went to a concert order. last night. Um, it was a pretty good concert. And one of the things that he said when he was giving his testimony is that he viewed God through a broken lens for so long that he believed the, the, the broken picture that he got. And one of the things that he wouldn't do is pray for God's will to be done because he wanted things to happen a certain way. And mm-hmm. if it was God's will, it might not happen exactly as uh, he intended it for. Yeah. Um, so <clears throat> how broken is our. Yeah. Agreed. Our L- let me read this out of here too. So the, the pastor's name was Andrew Murray. Um, he said that when he was doing all this, he said, no matter what he tried, um, it just, it got worse. <laughs> and then it says a gentleman knelt before him crying aloud, soul him, but his words brought no relief. He rose to try and do this, you know, and over and over again. And then he turned to see a man standing at his side who he didn't recognize for the pastor. It might as well have been an angel sent for the Lord as his presence had a similar effect. The man looked into Murray's eyes and with a stern compassion offered the minister some encouraging words that would set this move of God in place. He said this, he said, I think you are the minister of this congregation. Be careful what you do, for it is the spirit of God um, that is at work here. I have just come from America, and this is what I am seeing there. Andrew Murray paused to consider the words he just heard. He remembered the conference that had taken place five months earlier and the prayer he had been praying. He asked that God would send a move of the spirit similar to the awakening in America. He wondered if this could now be the answer. If so... It was nothing like what he had pictured. (laughs) What he had pictured. Be careful what you do, for it is the Spirit of God at work here. Wow. And I think a lot of pastors in America need to hear that. I think a lot of church people need to hear that about the Kanye situation. I was kind of reading reading along with you um, on the Internet while you were doing that. And it says here that he quoted, after that, he quoted from George Whitefield and stated... Yeah, and he said, if you try to stamp out the wildfire and remove what is false, you will equally and simultaneously remove what is real. This all was was taking place starting because this pastor saw a revival take place in America. He wanted it in his church, and it didn't start in his church. It started in a schoolhouse in a farm down the road from his church. He moved it to his church because it didn't look like what he imagined. And I, this is what I imagine is happening. In a lot of church people's minds, a lot of pastors minds right now, they're looking at Kanye and they're going, he's a new Christian. He's this new guy. Who is he to, you know, I think he needs to take some time and just get in the word. And, and I'm going, well, you don't know what he's done over the last several months for one. And if God is moving, are you really wanting to put yourself in the front of that? Exactly. Instead, we need to get on, on track and say, all right, this is, there's some momentum here. Let's build the momentum. Let's, let's, let's support him. We're not going to lift him up as if he's some sort of a prophet, but we're going to say, look, we're, we're behind what's going on here. This is the example of a changed life. If you want to change life, let's talk about it. Yeah. We're also taking like the fields that are ripe uh, for harvest and just literally saying, just burn that one. Exactly. It's not good enough. 
or it's not how we look at it or the that that crop is not what we want that's exactly right yeah how much honestly if we're getting real how much blood is on for uh for that for acting like that yeah and far be it for me to want to get you know just like that guy warned pastor murray you know be careful what you do this is the spirit of god at work here and also we have a child leading a pack in a sense um a lot of these guys in the christian hip-hop community have been neutering the gospel message to fit more in with the world. here comes this baby talking jesus 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 in every song exactly and he's putting them to shame yep yeah we should also talk about the term christian music <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean another division i don't even want to get into that that's probably not the <laughs> actually, actually, that's not a bad thing to get into because, all right, so so using Kanye as an example, uh, we we agree, seem to all agree that Kanye has a changed heart by the Holy Spirit of Jesus Christ, and he is a son of God now through his salvation in Christ. All right, so he puts out a gospel album, aka Christian music, lyrics glorify God. Um, so I, I, it's funny you bring that up because I hear a lot of Christians dog what they call, uh, what, uh, isn't cool Christian music. Uh, so like there's two sides to this. One side is the people who like, uh, that will only listen to KB and Andy Minio and, and NF and those guys will dog casting crowns. Uh, whereas the people that only like casting crowns will dog KB and NF and Andy Minio and so on. Well, those are different genres, though. So you're going to get those people. Well, but it's not. It's 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 not a necessarily just a genre thing. It's a hey, this is Christian music because these lyrics are "Who am I before Jesus Christ?" Okay, and these lyrics are "I struggle with mental illness and only Jesus can set me free from that mental illness." Um. And, you know, those struggles, like NF, NF's lyrics are ridiculously, I mean, you talk about a broken individual, they're, they're hard to listen to sometimes without tears in your eyes, knowing what the dude goes through yeah, he's in, intense. His, in his struggle. Yeah. Um, so you've got both, all of that is Christian music. Christians making music is Christian music. <laughs> Christians being Christians and telling the truth about being a Christian, whether it's I fall on my face before the Lord in complete and utter uh, glory, glorifying him, or I dealt with a drug dealer today and it was difficult to say no. And, and, you know, what I'm saying is we need to realize that that Christian walk is in the church on Sundays and it's on the street through the week. That's the other thing. Does it have to be on Sunday morning for a Sunday service to be happening? Absolutely not. Yeah. And I, I can take this back to Kanye, too. Um, in that interview where he was talking about repentance, he was saying that he was going to have to look back on it and really think about it. Or the things that I'm saying in service to myself or in service to Christ. So worship exactly. is a lifestyle. You know, I want to have this discussion was just the whole concept of the treatment that we have for one another in the church, you know, 
uh, I grow weary. It's exhausting watching people attack one another. And and the crazy thing is I used to be that guy to an extreme extent. Like that was me. So I'm not I'm not saying it because I feel like I'm better than people. I know what my tendencies are. My tendency is to jump right on that same bandwagon. I'm glad you said that too. I mean, there's a catch 22 to this. I find I have found myself this week with people having this argument uh, pulling back and going, "Ugh." You know, great. Here they go again. I got to be careful about that because I'm creating in myself the same issue that I'm complaining about. If I, if I turn myself off to them and I don't, and I don't want it to ever come across that way. That's, that's the, you know, the difficulty here is that we, we want to call attention to something without making people feel like, we're better than them that we have it somehow figured out because we, we don't, um, we're, we're not the experts here. We are just fellow Christians who struggle with the same struggles. And, you know, we just want in our, in my opinion, in my estimation is that I want to exhort the church. I want to encourage the church. You know, the Bible tells us, uh, Paul says specifically, he says to spur one, one another on to, good deeds and love right. as we're doing this right. um i've been thinking about things that i've shared that i i got wrong i'm missing the mark on it namely on um i started getting into some of my disagreements with beth moore and that's that's not the point the point is how we deal with disagreements and i didn't like the the way that i uh, i addressed that in this very podcast well i and that's the thing i mean i I disagree with things with her too. I mean, and it's okay to disagree. It's how, it's how, it's how right. we let it uh, fester in us. That's the, that's the thing, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and I didn't address that enough. So I'll delve more into that in one of our blogs, I guess. No, man, it's cool. Uh, you know, it, that's really what the whole point of this, uh, this show is, man, is we're, encouraging one another we're challenging one another and you know i know that you brian you had private messaged me about the whole beth war um macarthur thing and you know your concern was that i was getting too fucked up about the comments and and i and i think you're 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 seeing what what i was trying to get at then was not even so much what was said but how it was said you know and the tone by which it came across and, and the context of it all, you know, it, and I wasn't worked up about MacArthur specifically, or even more, more worked up over the fact that, gosh, darn it. We Christians can be some of the most ruthless people to one another. Yeah. Yeah, we can, you know, and I'm trying not to, as I've been accused of apparently in the last few weeks of beating a dead horse. Um, but I don't feel like encouraging and spurring one another on to love and good deeds is the equivalent of beating a dead horse. If I'm saying, Hey man, we need to treat each other better. And I keep continually seeing people not treating better people better, you know, and I keep trying to encourage us to treat one another better. I don't see that as beating a dead horse. I see that as just a constant need to remind ourselves, Hey, we can do better than this guys. Come on, let's do better. Let's do better. Let's do better. That's what Paul did all the time. Every one of his his um, letters to the churches, 
you know, was trying to spur them on to good deeds and love. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, think about, all right, let's go look at Jesus's own words. Uh, when he was talking about the demon-possessed, uh, or the, the Pharisees were upset that he had cast that demon out of the demon-possessed man. And G- Jesus oh, said, yeah, yeah. Uh, and the Pharisees were going, it's only by the devil that he's doing these things. And Jesus said, every <laughs> kingdom divided against itself is laid waste, and no city or house dividing, divided against itself will stand. Uh, now, right. he goes on more to, to speak specifically to that that casting out of that demon, but... But that statement right there is a statement for the church because Jesus Christ specifically said a kingdom divided against itself, and we are the kingdom of God, a kingdom divided against itself will not stand. So if we're trying right. to fight the, the, the darknesses of the world mentioned in Ephesians 6.12. How can we do that if we're fighting each other? Besides, Jesus told us how the world would recognize who we belonged to and whose we were. It wasn't how we fight with one another. Nope. He said in John thirteen thirty five that the world would know us for the love we have. for Exactly. Now, we can disagree. There can still be love expressed in disagreement. Yep, that's right. Oh, believe me. <laughs> my, my wife and I disagree on all sorts of stuff, and yet there's still love between her and I, and it can still be expressed, and people constantly comment on the fact that she and I seem to have such a great relationship and it's because we work hard at trying to disagree healthfully because we know that we want to, we want our kids to see the unity in us and the love that we have for one another so that when they get married, they can pursue this, you know, a, a good relationship with their spouses. And the same should be had with the church. Like we want people to look at the church and say, I want to be a part of that. I want what they have. They shouldn't be looking at us and going, that looks no different from my dysfunctional, broken home back, you know, in back where I live. And we're not talking about uh, uh, window dressings. We're talking about an actual lifestyle of 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 community and love. And not talking about perfectionism either. We're just talking transparency, openness, honesty. And really a desire to to constantly be putting forward our best foot because it's not out of a desire to look good, but in a desire to love one another. Exactly. Well, I, I've got a really good friend that runs a mission in Chicago. She, uh, she and I are very different theologically, very different, but she, I fully believe that she uh, is a believer in Jesus Christ who has Jesus in her heart. And I being the same, mm-hmm. she's my sister. And and so as much as we disagree on details, um, I support her mission, even though it's not the way I would do it. It's not the, the tactic I would take. I support her mission and I support what she does. And I try to lift her up and I pray for what's going on with her up there. And uh, and we we, you know, I don't get into the minutia stuff, you know, when she posts uh, political things that I don't agree with or so on and so forth, you know, <laughs> when I don't get into the minutia. We, we, it's all about uh, advancing the kingdom. Absolutely. And I think Jesus even said as much, he said, you know, if they're not against us, <laughs> exactly. right? yeah, they're yeah, for we us. Talking about the, uh, the people casting out like demons again, but 
Uh, <laughs> yeah. about you want us to stop him? You want us to stop them from doing that, Lord? They're they're not doing it like we want them to do it. You want us to stop them from doing that? Uh, no, I don't. Me, <laughs> then they can't be against me. Right. And we always seem to think that if they are not thinking exactly like us, then they must be against God. Exactly. Then, 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 then who is God? <laughs> is God God or is God our construct that we created in our own mind? Definitely what's in my mind. Clearly the vision I have of God is the right one. Uh, you a big white beard? <laughs> yeah. And he, he wears a red suit and brings me presents. <laughs> He doesn't ride reindeer, though. That was a Miami Dolphins jersey. <laughs> I'm sure there's some on this uh, podcast who may disagree with you. Um, well, all Patriots fans are going, never mind. Um, <laughs> it is football season. I suppose it's it's okay. It's a good thing I don't actually watch football, so I don't really have an opinion on that. Yeah, neither uh, do I. watch too much of it. <laughs> well, there's your problem. No, the I'm kicker, kidding. though, was I, I liked football growing up. You know, I played some, and I liked it, but I really didn't really, really get into it until my wife. <laughs> That's weird, man. It's hey, weird. Hey, she's mean when the Eagles game's on. I've heard. I've heard this, the horror stories. <laughs> Need to take some lessons from Kanye. I'm just saying. Well, I think it's been a good night. We've had a long discussion. I think it's been a profitable discussion. And I'm glad to hear that we are not arguing with one another over theological differences. That's nice to hear. Um, and we could have. We could have probably gotten into a uh, knockdown drag out fight about women in ministry. And... I just don't know that it would have profited anybody. Well, I think um, sometimes we, we need to uh, have an informed and uh, and uh, just a conversation on things like that, like eschatological conversations, stuff like that. We shouldn't shy away from it, you know. We should we should uh, show an example of how you can have those discussions without uh, being angry. Sure. No, I agree. I agree. And, um, you know, so long as you guys in the end agree with me, we'll be all right. Well, if you don't agree with me, you clearly don't have the mind of Christ. That's right. That's right. Uh, yeah. I'll turn in my salvation card. I'm sorry. <laughs> closer you get to my ideology, the closer to Jesus you become. The picture. My picture of Jesus is the most accurate. So, please tell me you uh, don't like bread. But anyway, <laughs> no, no, no. He looks much better. He he, he looks like a skinny buff version of me. Oh no! Um, he's a oh no! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got blue eyes, blonde hair. He it's wears a weird. flannel shirt. On only on Saturdays. <laughs> um, the rest of the week, he. Uh, he wears suits and ties. Um, 
Anyway, so it's been a good night. Just real quick, if anybody was curious, the book that I quoted out of is called Trail of Fire. True Stories from 10 of the Most Powerful Moves of God by Daniel K. Norris. Um, this is a book given to me by uh, um, one a lady from my last church, a wiser, older lady. And uh, she gave this to me because she thought it would be you know, something I'd be interested in. And it's definitely an interesting book as it chronicles... Uh, various uh, revivals, the Great Awakening, the Cane Ridge Revival, the Revival in Dundee, the Cape Revival, Second Great Awakening, the Welsh Revival, the Pyongyang Revival, the Azusa Street Revival, the Hebrides, the Brownsville, and and a couple of others. So, um, you know, it just kind of gives you some insight into the various ways that God has moved. And what's fascinating to me is the various denominations that this took place in. Um, it wasn't uh, charismatic churches necessarily. It wasn't Baptist churches. It was actually a lot of more Presbyterian well, Methodist was, churches and Dutch reform. Actually, some denominations were formed out of those, weren't they? Like uh, the Pyongyang, for instance. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the Azusa Street created, uh, I believe, I can't remember if it was Church of God or uh, one of the charismatic denominations, but um, it's just an interesting book. Um ideas of of the way God can move and I and I just thought it was an appropriate book for our discussion because we're talking about you know Kanye and we're talking about Beth Moore and John MacArthur and how God can use these situations and these people to do things and it may not look anything like what we had imagined and that should be okay actually I think we should be good with that because if it looked like what we had imagined it's probably not as good as God would have because honestly God always seems to blow our minds in ways that we couldn't have Absolutely. imagined. Um, and I'm totally okay with that. Um, it It's challenging. It can be difficult sometimes to swallow those pills. But, you know, when there's a certain move of God that's taking place and you're seeing it, you know, there are moments where you just can't deny what what's taking place. You can sit here and you can try to be skeptical, but when when it becomes painfully obvious what God is up to, you know, you just can't help but sit back and go, I just, I wouldn't have put these pieces together that in 2019, Kanye would be leading revival. You know what I'm saying? Like, that was not on my radar this time last year. No, absolutely <laughs> not. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's, that is what's so cool about it to me. It's like, this wasn't on my radar. And the whole time, God's like, I'm not surprised. Yeah. Exactly. Like, it's exactly what I had in mind. And, and I'm going, only you, Lord, could have, have reached down into our little world and picked out somebody like Kanye and said, you know what? That's who I'm going to use. You looked at Paul. You said, that's who I'm going to use. You looked at me. You looked at Michael or Brian or Jonathan. You said, that's who I'm going to use. And, you know, it's terrifying, but it's cool at the same time that God you know, God can do that. He can look at us and he knows how he can use us. And, you know, we put the limitations, not him. And we just got to take the chains off. Um, anyway, well, I'm going to just go ahead and, and close this out, but uh, appreciate you all tuning in as usual. Again, check out eagerfortruth.com. 
Um, also check out our podcast on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you pick them up. You can find them pretty much anywhere at this point. Um, we just appreciate you guys as always. And um, if you have any questions, shoot us at uh, shoot us an email at angrychristianpodcast yeah, at gmail.com. <laughs> yeah, don't don't shoot us. Uh, I mean, you might want to, but don't because that would be not ideal. Um, definitely. So anyway, appreciate you guys. And as always, we just want to say, don't be angry. I want to say a big thank you to Jonathan Hamlet, Michael Ledford, Brian Baldwin, and Robert Platt for taking this journey with me and helping me host the angry Christian podcast. Another big thanks goes out to Simon Panrucker for the use of his song, Angry Dance, which is featured as the opening song to this podcast. All other production and music was created by the Angry Christian podcast team. And finally, our biggest thanks goes out to you, our listeners, for without you, this podcast would not be possible. God bless. the cross, the fear subsides, and hope returns, I look to you. I look to you When my heart Can take no more When my faith Is insecure I lift my eyes Up to your hill You are my refuge still Where my mind is filled with doubt And I feel there's no way out I look to you and hope returns